are as a person in order to um in order to relate to the masses which is crazy because like or to interest the masses and we're trying to interest the masses right now just to let you guys know we're starting a new podcast it's 10 o'clock uh hey we're here with bella dillman and looks like sam carroll's gonna go get a burrito or something but I'm Pam Benjamin. We're hanging out. We're doing weird podcasty stuff. We're talking. We're hanging out in the stew. So yay! I just yay! wanted to. We just started a new one, so I was like, "All right, we gotta give a demarcation of time and stuff." So yay! No, all of the things that we're talking about are really important, and people have to engage in actual conversations to move society forward because things are a problem. I've um, I'm trying to feel more like a. I'm trying to use my wokeness on my Zoom calls with all my buddies in Jersey because they are fucking so racist. Do you know how racist people are on the East Coast? It's insane. I finally, this is the first time in my life that I've been like, wow, like as a woke Californian, I need to stop you in the middle of your story and talk about how you just said like, four super racist things and we have to back up and start thinking about our language bro we can't you every person that like when they tell a story talks about the color of somebody's skin don't do it demarcate them in any other way they're a millennial they're young they're poor they're rich they're whatever but don't do it by the color of their skin because one at a time we can start rolling back this racist bullshit I, and exactly. Yeah. Uh, completely. Like I, I understand that too. Um, all this, all this, like this free speech radio is amazing, but I think it is like necessary to have a conversation. And sometimes that's why we sometimes get into some some. We've yelled at each other, and that's mm-hmm. fine. I think we've been yelling. It's a on dialogue. The same side. It's a dialogue. No, we, we, yeah, we were yelling on the same side just now. Yeah. Side. And I shouldn't yell. And I feel like, oh, it makes me my. And I've been taught that. So, uh, in my first year of poetry school, mm-hmm. this guy Dan Langton, he might be dead now, but he was a beat poet. He was with all those guys, and I had a poetry class with him. And he was amazing. And he said, and this works for comedy too. He said, when you're doing a live reading, and people aren't listening to you. Your impetus is to go faster and be louder. And he said, no, go against that. Go slower and be softer. If, yeah. you, if you cut it down, if the exactly. audience isn't listening, you want to go faster. You want to tell them, like, no, listen to me, listen to me, look at me, look at me, look at me. And they're going to go get a drink, and they're going to look at their phone, and they're going to do whatever the fuck they're doing. But if you stop and go, like, silent and then whisper stuff, they're right back with you. And that was specifically with poetry, but I moved that into comedy in the same way. It really, it works. It works. You have to let something sit. You do, because I have, I do also have the uh, inclination to always speed through my jokes and not let them sit, but I've gotten to a better Especially place where I feel lose, so... When the audience, when you mm-hmm. see them sort of go get a drink or start looking at their phone, you're like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. But look at me, look at me up here. Like, like, I'm yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a thing that and I always They're not gonna go like. with the I'll be back. They're gonna go start go, hey, hey. Like that's with parenting too. No. Hey parents Hey parents, let's let's take a lesson from this. <laughs> Don't yell at your kids. Don't spank your kids. 
because we fucking love those kids, right? And they're not going to listen if you're just yelling at them. I'm telling you, they're just going to want to rebel more. Uh, uh, this is a woman who took two education classes. Let's go. I know everything. I know everything. Well, I've, I have, uh, I've tried to call people out on the bus for bad parenting, and it doesn't always work the way I hope it does. Uh, there was oh God! I tried to I tried to call my own mother and father out on bad parenting, and they were butthurt. Yeah, like yeah. I get it, I get it. Oh God, you're parenting me, and I'm the one that's like, oh God, you shouldn't do this. And they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like you are the one that, you, of course, you don't want. It. And I'm like, no. But, uh, Power uh, struggle with I'm your telling on you, <laughs> I'm telling you, you shouldn't pinch your kids that hard. <laughs> like don't pinch them. Right. <laughs> Leave them alone. Well, They're chilling. <laughs> here's the thing. I, I've never shaken a baby, but I've shivered a baby. You know what oh I mean? My God. You, like have a baby and you're like, yeah. why okay. are you not? Why are you crying? It's I fed you. I fed you and you have a clean diaper. Pam. I'm not shaking a baby. I'm it's shivering just, a baby. It's, just, it's a shiver. Like a little slight it's a gesture. Shiver. It's a, a shiver. gesture that you it's should be worried. Shiver. No, I. You you look at them in the face and you go, "What do you need?" That's a, that's Don't why I get postpartum sh- depression so much is because like, I I was a daycare worker and I took care of the care I took care of the baby so good. So all good, of the all so of the good. all of the women there were like, "No, just let them cry." And I was like, "No, no. I'm going to be the fairy princess and I'm, I'm going to take care of all these babies." babies. At the same time, I'm going to take care of six babies. They're not going to cry. But there was this one baby who came in, like, in the middle of when I was working, when I was working overtime every day, like, 12 hours a day. 13th hour. Yeah, bitch. 13th hour. Like, opening and closing this fucking daycare. Doing both. And at that point, he came in, and he was eight months old, mm. and he he wasn't socialized to the daycare thing he only knew his mom he only wanted his mom he's like i need a tit right now so yeah exactly and i had to he would cry every second of the day and so i would hold him cry I don't know. It does. It, I don't know if when they're sleeping, know about babies, mm-hmm. babies that are yeah, babies that are sleeping that are happy, and then another baby cry. The they wake up and they're like, "I'm not happy. I just want to sleep." And what they're saying is, "Let me sleep. Let me sleep." That's all they're saying. And yeah. The baby's like, "I need. I need You can't get me. It's awful. Yeah. And so at that point, that I was holding that baby, and I was just like, "I could crush a baby." If I wanted to crush a baby, I could crush. I didn't crush the baby. Obviously, no, I'm you here. Didn't crush the baby. Of course, I didn't crush oh, the baby. baby. But postpartum depression is Sweet real baby. because sometimes you're just like, "Holy fucking Sweet shit, baby. this sucks." Oh goodness, I uh, there was a I had a family that I nannied for, and they their child was three months old, and they wanted to go on a vacation, and I had been with their baby, and everything was fine, and they were like, "We need to be gone for forty eight hours." And, wow, wow, it is, I am so glad I never birthed my own child, and I'm so glad that I get paid to hang out with small children, and it makes me crazy that moms aren't paid to hang out with small children, because it is a real fucking job. It is actual hard labor, and that it isn't respected makes me, like, cringe that, 
we have arguments about how women aren't respected right now in our current current gestalt when everybody demonizes single moms and that makes no sense because they are working so much harder they're a single mom that means they probably have a two jobs and they're still taking care of their children and then you're like oh we shouldn't give you money you weirdo why are you take, taking money to fucking raise children which is so hard I don't know, and I'm just a nanny. I don't even have my own kids. I can't even imagine. I just try to love your kids as hard as you would love them. You love your own kids? I want to love your kid as much as you love your kid because you're paying me 20 bucks an hour. Of course I'm going to love your kid real hard. You're paying me to do it. I'm super down, bro. I will love your child. I love kids. I love cats. I love birds and Dogs are okay or whatever. Dogs are great. You just have to... The pooping. Oh, so much pooping. Babies are great, but so much pooping, right? Like, wow. And here's the thing. Why can you throw baby poop away in, like, the regular garbage, but in the tenderloin when people shit into a clamshell, everybody gets all up in arms like, oh, they're shitting in the... Why are they throwing poop away in the... Are we not, why is baby poop okay to throw away, but human, are babies not humans? I don't know. No, yeah, I, I, I get that. Um, there's, there's like this whole like bio, like when I was working at a daycare too, there was one kid who was, who only had cloth diapers. Oh God. And we had to just scrape that shit out, yeah, dude. Like the toilet, yeah, yeah. What do you do? You flush it down and then you stick it in a plastic you bag. Can't you can't expect if you're at a daycare. If your kids at a daycare, you cannot expect those women. It's an organic who are, daycare. Okay, who are mostly like Pakistani and Indian women who have not gotten like opportunities to do anything. Like w- one of my coworkers was a fucking engineer. Yeah, of course. Was a fucking engineer in Pakistan. And she, she was like, when I quit, she was like, how much do you get paid? And I was like nine fifty. And then she was like, I get paid $7 an hour. And I was like, I'm so much under, I'm so much more underqualified than you. Yeah. How the fuck are they paying you this, dog? Like, how the fuck are you paying? Well, that's so. That's the thing is that when the cheaper the labor, the more profit exists, and that's how America was built. Here's the thing I say all the time. Everyone's like, Oh, how much do you love Abraham Lincoln? Oh, Abraham Lincoln, he freed the slaves and did all this stuff. Abraham Lincoln didn't free the slaves because he was a fucking humanitarian. He freed them because the people in the North were pissed at the people in the South. So, like, we can't make as much money because they have free labor. Yeah. They have free labor. They have slavery, and they don't have to pay their workers. And we're up here trying to make a product, and we have to pay our people actual money, even if they're indentured servants. And we've been trying to subjugate them for a long time, but they have fucking rights or whatever, and they just won't let – because we wrote this thing about the Constitution. We're like, oh, people have rights. And like, oh, no, we got to respect their rights. And we don't – and they don't have to respect these people's rights as rights, and they get free labor? Fuck them. And that's – why Abraham Lincoln fucking freed the slaves. It was to placate all of the industry people in the North because yeah. they had to pay for I mean, labor. it's kind of impossible. It, it is kind of impossible to believe that. Um, well, I mean, I guess there were abolitionists of the age and stuff like that. And like, they I were just humanitarians. Don't, uh, they yeah. were saying these people are people. 
But what I'm saying is that the politician of Abraham Lincoln did not free the slaves because he was a humanitarian, not because he was Frederick Douglass, not because he was fucking Harriet Tubman, not mm-hmm. for any of those reasons, but because he had to placate the capitalist movement in the North. Yeah, but it and just kind of like spurs a, con- it spurs a conversation. Like, I know that politicians, like, are it's very easy to see, to feel like they're doing everything to further their career in politics, but... If there were people in the North who um, who didn't want slaves, who were in that same boat, like, couldn't it, it, it could also be possible that he, uh, Abraham Lincoln, like, yes, that is an ulterior motive, and that's, like, something that is kind of believable, but also it's not unbelievable that uh, Abraham Lincoln felt things for these, for these people who were being oppressed and kind of was like just more of a progressive soul and had this empathy about him and stuff I like that. I hope so. Yeah, like that's definitely a hope, but also and it is believable like what you're saying is just like oh if it like if if you do really believe that all politicians are completely figureheads yeah. that are total puppets that are just mm-hmm. boarding the keeping the wealth in the At hands of a few. At that point in time though, I don't really think that very many people had the op- like especially now like now no one votes like how many people were really voting well you at couldn't that point. vote women couldn't vote i know women couldn't vote and, and, and like how many people were, people were exactly it's of a vote like so wha- who were the people who were really voting like were you really puppets of this this mass people like but also people who are incarcerated can't vote exactly and, and that's uh racist and systematic who gets mm. to vote so you have to have money to vote. You have to be a landholder to vote. Originally, you had to be a landholder. And what if you aren't? What if you're a woman and you're not allowed to hold land? What if you're a witch? And what if your dad gave you land and you didn't get married because of whatever reason and then they crucify you as a I witch? I mean, yeah. Because they, they want to mm-hmm. steal your land. That's what they were doing in the 1500s and 1600s in fucking in England. They, all the women that had any volition of their own without a man, they were a witch. And what did you do? They couldn't have anything, and then they just kill them, and you take whatever they had, and wow, I don't know. It's like, Mm -hmm. are we going to move into the future and see people as people? When is a person a person? When is someone who lives in Malaysia good enough that they don't make 10 cents on the dollar? When does it mean that, oh, you're making, like, so, for example, old Navy jeans, like, where are they made? Malaysia and Kuala Lumpur and all these places. And people are paid nothing. And they have real skills. When you sew pants, sewing is a real skill. So we're just not paying those people because they live in another country. What, because they're not good enough? Like, because only Americans get to have this lifestyle or only Chinese people? Or who do we decide that gets to have a roof over their head and and not have to poop into a ditch? Like, when Mm -hmm. do we decide that we can facilitate everyone's needs yeah that that's really hard um it's I just like I, I, last night yeah <laughs> oh yeah it. definitely like <laughs> oh like you got to sometimes i i've been peeing in public a lot more lately uh because i'm tired of waiting well covid has closed all the bathrooms you go to a fucking uh gas station and you can't use the restroom 
Like, no one lets you use the potty because, oh, the COVID and the stuff. And so we just keep getting yeah. more and more distanced. And who gets to use the toilet? Who's good enough? It's just, like, it Who's is really scary is to me. Enough? I just, like, honestly, ideally, if I wasn't bored as shit and fucking tired as fuck of being inside, I just would ideally want to be, like, ideally, okay, I ideally would want to be a cast member on Love Island. I don't know what this is. Love Island, they are in a quarantine bubble in Las Vegas. Oh, goodness. Drinking cocktails Mm. and fucking bitches, Mm. dude. And, like, being filmed for reality TV and having drama. Like, that is fine with me. I wouldn't get sick. No one would be going out. Like, that's my ideal. Like, I want to have Big fun. Brother. You want to be on Big Brother. I want to be on Big Brother. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I want. That's yeah. Big Brother. Quarantine before quarantine. They were like, oh, no, you're quarantined. It was like, I can't handle it. There are so many yeah, videos yeah, yeah. of people having to tell the people on Big Brother that they were in quarantine. Like, they were like, well, um, uh, I understand that you guys have been here for two weeks and don't know anything about the news, but the news is that everyone's dying and everything's locked down. And you know how you thought you were going to be here for three weeks? I think you might be here for ten months. <gasps> you know, like that kind of... What's in the refrigerator? <laughs> That's yeah. the thing. Is like, Big Brother, I want to get into that refrigerator. I would never get kicked off any of those shows because I love cooking so much. Oh, yeah. And nobody, I would they'd be ne- like, no one would, oh, mm-hmm. we can't get rid of Pam. Mm-hmm. She's cooking all the good meals. She's working with the sap. How'd she find the saffron? What even is that? She smuggled it in? How did that happen? Yeah. I mean, are you, is everything going to be okay? You checking it out? I keep, you know. Yeah, yeah. I just, all every once lives. in a while. I know. Somebody uh, film us here. Eight, four HD, it's going to be like Muni Radio uh, reality uh, TV show. Yeah, we are currently in the midst of just the most Flava Flav shit I've ever. Like, it's like, who wrote this? Who I don't want this. It? Who wrote it? Oh, I'm Who in. wrote this? Who wrote it? Because <laughs> it's like, honestly, I know I'm the queen of the universe, as I said before, but like, I didn't write this story. I don't want this. Uh, no, you're 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 a feminist queen. I love you. I I, yeah. I think you're so funny and original and wonderful. And I'm so glad that you're here and hanging out at Mutiny Radio. Bella but Dilton, men everyone. suck. Will they do sometimes? I honestly think that they're just babies. They're big they... old babies, and honestly, that's why I was like, that's why I was not really into at first dating someone who was younger than me, because I was like. I already hate men who are older than me. <laughs> like, they already act like fucking children. Like, True. what am I going to do with a man who's younger than me? Yeah, yeah. Well, it is impossible to curb anyone's behavior, but sometimes you have to put your foot down. And even oh, if you don't do. understand at the time, it's just that for, for my own safety tonight, I had to put the kibosh on some behavior. He's done it to me. But he's done it to me, too. If you applaud negative behavior, then they think it's okay. Yeah. I used to teach small children. And if you give them positive reinforcement for a negative behavior, they think the negative behavior, because it yields attention, not all, uh, negative he attention, He is positive. just a you little boy lashing out right now, and I'm so mad about it because it's like, 
it's a lot of men too like my cousin's husband who's just sitting there lashing out because someone got mad at him for not wearing a mask one time like the reason why he's being like this is because he was like oh well i wasn't wrong for not wearing a mask that one time and now you guys are mad at me like i was never wrong you know like that's how it is with men sometimes like and i'm i don't know if it's men like maybe sometimes it's women i honestly haven't interacted as much with women especially romantically i think that women are not taught that their ego is as important as men are taught that their needs and i think ego is derived out of needs mm-hmm. and a lot of times men's needs are more aptly met no, but also I feel bad for men. I do. I'm sorry. I feel bad for myself, obviously, all the time. I feel bad for women all the time. But I feel bad for men because, like, how, like, what would it be like to grow up with this entitlement that, like, it, every little thing sets me off? Like, I would fucking hate that because I'm a kind person. And whenever I get angry, like, right now when I'm angry, I'm like, I fucking hate that. I hate that. I don't like, like if you're angry. Well, sometimes I do. If I'm in a if I'm in a rant and I'm yelling at someone, feeling angry can feel good, as long as you're comfortable enough with the person that you know that at the end of it they're gonna be okay. Like if you're gonna yell at someone, it has to be a person that you're comfortable enough with that you they're not exactly. gonna hate you at the end of it. And this is the first person that I truly have felt com- like because people have done shit shit to me all the time. But this is the first person that I felt comfortable with being like, I'm calling you out right this fucking second. You're being an idiot. And then he's like, why don't we bring up? And I'm like, you're being an idiot, dude. Like, that's you being an idiot. Like, right. That, that's completely unfounded. We just had like four weeks of us being in complete bliss. And even two days ago, talking about how much we were honeymooning still, he's just like. It is infuriating that change, you know, like it's. It's annoying, you know, because I feel so secure that when this happens, I know it's just, like, him being a fucking dickhead. And I'm like, it's not him being – It's any- alcohol, honestly. Yeah, and I fucking it, all hate it, is. it sometimes, it's though. All, it's all it is. And uh, my last relationship for seven years with, with a wonderful gentleman, and I, and I do still love him dearly, but – even after we broke up, he said, it's so funny because I realize now that 75% of our relationship was based on alcohol. And that is absolutely true. That for seven years, our relationship was so blissful because all we did was drink together. Oh, no. And like, I, I've been sober for a long – well, I mean, like, on and off sober for a long time. And it's not about us drinking together because he's been sober, too. And it's like he's the one person – he is the one man who is, like, one of the only men who has turned me down while I was drunk. You know, like, uh, you know, because I I know he respects that sort of – like, I know he puts on, like, a big front and he's going through a lot right now. But, like, he's fucking – like, he's a good person. And that's the thing that I see that it's so annoying when I see him doing these things. And I don't know when it's going to prove it. Like, I don't – he's not going to prove himself that he's a bad person because I know how good he is. Yeah. You know, like, he's he's an amazing fucking person, and it just annoys me when he does stuff like this because it's an, it's not him. Yeah. And maybe I put him on a pedestal, but it's not him. Well, it's, I mean, it's it's the alcohol. I'm telling yeah. you. It's, uh, it, and I've, I've browned out black, I mean, when I'm in a blackout, nobody knows it because I'm still lucid. 
So I make choices and I'm still myself. I just don't remember it later. But I can get, and because I don't remember it later, it sort of gives me this blanket to not be afraid of my behavior. And that's Mm -hmm. something that I'm working on in that I have to eat enough so that I don't black out. And like, why do I feel the need to not have any responsibility for what I'm doing with my behavior? Exactly. Like I have so many times had to go back and take responsibility for what I've done during a blackout because I am like I have done multiple things not only to get arrested, but to like like my friends like I I was so many positive like I was so I was so positive so many times that my friends were never going to speak to me again because I like would black out and fucking fist fight them. Sure. You know, like bad fights. I, I hear you. Yeah, exactly. So it's like you have to own up for that shit, but it's so hard to get to the point where you will because you're always like, I was drinking. I can be different when I'm not drinking. I'm a, I'm a whole different person whole different when I'm person. drinking. Well, but that's, and it's like, yeah, but then but reel it back, baby. But don't black out. If you don't remember your own behavior, what do you have to be responsible for? Exactly. Now, that's my own, like, of course, and it's – it's so much easier when you wake up, when you come out of a blackout and you're like, where am I? I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to get home. Who knows what happens? Whatever. Like it's much, I'm so lucky I've never had an STD, honestly. Yeah. I've woken up in people's houses with, and I'll even admit this on radio, with wet jeans. You ever been on the 14 bus going back? Oh, you to your pissed house? your pants I first? I pissed my pants. I know. I've, I've been there too. Wet fucking pants on, the, and I'm on the bus, and I'm like, can everybody smell me? Everybody smells piss. Everybody can see that my pants are wet. Does it look like my pants are dry? What does it look like? I don't know what's going on. Oh, shit. Like, and I'm still a little drunk, so I'm like, yeah, whatever. You know, I pissed my pants. I'm good. Hope. But to like, be wow like it's yeah and but then because i was so wasted i don't remember what happened so i don't have to take responsibility for all of that because i don't remember it anyway exactly but that's what i'm trying to change i mean i'm fucking over 40 now jesus christ it's time to change that shit right and i i definitely eat more and i haven't and peed my pants in a long time. Oh, congratulations. But here's the thing, people who might date me in the future. If I decide to pass out, not in my bed, with my jeans in, on on the carpet, that's because my jeans are a sponge. Please, please don't take my pants off. Please, please, boy who's staying with me, nice man, whoever you are, leave me on the carpet. Do not take my pants off. They are a sponge. Oh, yeah. Be on the team. Absolutely. Be on the team. Absolutely. Be on the team. Don't, <laughs> like, my mom, I, okay, so one of the most embarrassing things that's ever happened to me is, okay, the, okay, one of the most embarrassing things that ever happened to me is when I went to my cousin's wedding, and I was completely fucked up. It was like, it was a weekend where there were three parties and a party suite. So the first night, I hooked up with one of his friends and um, ran away from security trying to get into 
uh, trying to not get in trouble because I was underage. And then there was the next day where I was just blackout and hooked up with another one of his friends. And then the third day, it was the wedding, the wedding. And I went home with my mom who was sleeping in the other bed and I pissed this hotel bed so bad so bad and my mom tried to undress me and it was just so much worse it was just everywhere that's not what we want it's absolutely not what we want it was it, like that was probably the time that my mom was like okay time to time to change <laughs> like reel it back daughter of mine yes please i love you so much but if you could not pee in I threw up once. Uh, I was on a family cruise uh, going to Alaska. My parents, I was, I was 19 at the time. They put my brother and I in a room deep, deep in the caverns. They were up with one of the things. They had a balcony. And uh, I, I drank so much. I threw up in my bed. Mm -hmm. And then I tried to take all of my sheets into the shower to sort of wash them off. And I was in a room with my brother. And I had to wake up the next morning. And I had to go kayaking with my dad. No. And I was so was a crime like a simple assault. The 70s was a crime like a simple assault. The 70s. ...and the visibility of today's woman. She must learn to understand the rapist. For today's woman to understand the rapist, she's going to learn to understand the man.
Take his hat off. Here you go, little man. Nigga, I don't give a fuck about this shit. Take his hat off. Here you go, little man.
in the front row crying. This nigga think I'm a fan, gonna take his hat off. Here you go, little man. Nigga, I don't give a fuck about this shit.
Congresswoman.
oblivion. Black as as oblivion. Murderous golden game, murky wrong, ain't missing straight, on purpose swerving, DND on an interstate, nigga, wait.
chat. Antifa got a fascist, hella stress. Caress the breast of a friend of an ex-lover undercover. Was that jam jelly or smuckers? Preserve that ass, motherfucker. Cove in my beloved sculpture, conspicuous culture. Indicative of indicativeness. Indicative. Indicative of indigenous. It's a Compost and amendment body, the defendants of seed, kicking with centipedes, memories of hegemony, ablutions, contaminated truth, conflating falsehoods, lynching on a plantation, nuking institutions, rain check on the rainforest, educating the Satan, cinema reckless, Robert Zemeckis, murderous Golden Gate, heard me wrong, ain't listen straight, disaster peace, ominous tolerance, quantified catastrophe, allegory and amnesty. Peace, ominous tolerance, quantified catastrophe, allegory and amnesty, memetic amnesia, migraine, headache, COVID, fever, built in future. They bombing the populace when they come for you like they're gonna do. Sun Tzu, will the darkness be comfort to uncool? Who will you suffer for in the sepulchral lecter at the lectern? Representing ether, essence of fever, existential healing, hedonist people pissed off and pissed drunk, either get soft or get crunk, cave diving, spelunk, empty wallet, fill her up, nigga, what? Say what? Nigga, what? How come? How long? Bill Dunn's romance, so
like a cat. Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Anti-Trump is the antivirus or antibody to the Trump virus. We're a global alliance of humans standing up against the Trump brand. Antitrump.com started four years ago on March 19, 2016 with two sketches and a dream for a better world. Nobody thought it was going to be this bad. Most of us probably figured it would just be four more years of the same old. He was a 70-year-old babbling Nimrod. How bad could it really be? Treason is the last of his felonious activities. The Trump brand has hijacked our government and sold Lady Liberty to the mob. We are a leaderless and without the most basic health care systems and community services. COVID-19 is a pandemic. Trump brand is the virus. Welcome to the antivirus. Go to antitrump.com and spread the word. Individual politics aren't important. What is important is that we stand together as a unified voice and say enough is enough. That's antitrump.com. Welcome to Strictly Bad Vibes, your personal complaint department. Uh, what, what the hell are we talking about? Um, whiny people and their stupid complaints that we requested they send us. Why did we do this? Why, why are we <laughs> None of which matters in this equation because it is his choice to carry such horse shit on the fucking train. And he was yelling, he was like, Mobex bitch, Mobex bitch, and, uh, and, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't, I'm just not, I'm not moving it, you know? I've arrived, why should I move? I don't like what work has been giving us at our free lunches. 115-340-1976, and it does not spell anything. 115-340-1976. One nine seven six. Go for it. Call in, guys. Mutiny Radio. Mutiny Radio. 
Shop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! 499. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. 
You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> yeah.